All right. Okay, this is Mary. I'm here today without Janae. Janae had to take care of some personal business, but I have a special guest with me. Carolyn Weiswasser is a friend of mine and a naturopathic doctor. She has a clinic here in my hometown called Whitewater Naturopathic Medical Clinic. Today, we're going to ask Carolyn some questions about what are the special needs that we have as a group? What are some things that might speak to each of us about creating health every day? What are our challenges? What are the common challenges for all the women like us that are working hard at aging gracefully? So I'd like to introduce you to Carolyn and ask Carolyn, what is a naturopath? Um, oh. How is that different from a medical doctor? A licensed naturopathic doctor is a doctor who's licensed by the state of California to practice primary care medicine. It's mm-hmm. defined as a unique system of primary care medicine. Um, more and more, it is, um, it's more different today from conventional medicine than it was 10 and 20 years ago. Um, we are um, very much holistic family doctors. We, for instance, spend an hour and a half with our fa- patients on the first visit, and we really, um, we really practice a therapeutic model of um, getting to know our patients and understanding their emotional lifestyle stresses, um, and you know, supporting them in having the healthiest lifestyle, um, in addition to being their primary care doctor. So I, I feel like it's old-fashioned medicine in that way that the doctor-patient relationship is is paramount um, in it. And then we specialize in natural medicines. So there's very few prescriptions that I'm writing. Um, I do specialize in women's health and hormones, so I definitely do my share of um, bioidentical hormone prescriptions, and that's customized um, kind of individual medicines for women. So I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about that today. Yeah, I had a dozen questions come up just while you were talking about that first part. So one of the things that, that I heard that I really want to focus on is you might spend an hour and a half with a patient. On their first the visit. It's important for me to develop a relationship with people. Mm-hmm. And um, on follow-up visits, it's it's 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, in that first visit, it's it's similar to conventional medicine in that we're, you know, we're doing review of systems. We're doing an intake. We're, you know, looking at what they're taking and what their supplements their and what their diet looks like you know really addressing all their health concerns not just one but really the broad spectrum mm-hmm. and then we do a, a thorough physical um, I draw I do all my own phlebotomy so I'll, I'll draw blood if that needs to to happen and we'll develop a, a comprehensive treatment plan in that visit as well as kind of a projection of what things we might want to look at in the future Mm-hmm. And, you know, we kind of meet people where they're at. Some people want to we do a lot. Other people, baby steps, you know. Yeah. There's no, some people are scared to see a naturopathic doctor because they think, well, you know, she's just going to tell me not to, you know, eat any sugar or, or drink any coffee and I, I, I can't stop doing that or I, you know. And and really, you know, my, my job is not to put my beliefs or my thoughts onto people but to work with where they are, educate them. And I don't think there's an, any inherently, I mean, bad things. If, if a coffee's working for someone, that's that's okay. There's lots of good evidence on that. So I think people are pleasantly surprised when they come in that there's things mm-hmm. that you can do in natural medicine that are not, um, you know, occlusive to uh, their, their lifestyle. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. So do you have um, some some comment on what we see? Do you, blah, blah, blah. Let me try that again. So there's a comment on what would you see as the most common concerns that a mature woman might be coming in with? 
Well, I, I do tend to see um, many women are either perimenopause or, or menopausal. I mean, some women come in directly for menopausal issues. Um, so some of the common things that I'm seeing in that group are um, sleep changes. Oh, sleep is a huge thing with so many women. Yes, whether it's um, due to hormonal shifts or if it's due to anxiety or, you know, sleep changes with age. I, I think there generally tend to be people who are just good sleepers and, and people who aren't, and especially the people who, who have maybe never been but good sleep, great sleepers, I mean, you know, they tend to suffer more as they get older uh, with insomnia. So I see insomnia. I, I of course, see, you know, um, the hot flashes, the night sweats. And in fact, that's kind of the main cause of insomnia through menopause and just after oh. is the heat, mm-hmm. you know. Um, weight gain, there is a, a typical probably a 10 pound weight gain, I would say generally that we see around menopause, sometimes more. My goal with menopausal women, just briefly about weight gain, which we might talk more, is that you know you're gonna your body wants to hold a little more weight as you age. It doesn't want to hold you know and need to hold 20, 30 pounds per se, but you know there is a a little more fat reserve that happens. So you know some of it's you know really like living a healthy lifestyle and trying to help with diet and um, you know getting the right kind of uh, requirements so that it's not too much as the metabolism does slow down, right. you know. But you used the word that you said the body wants to hold it on to weight at that to. time. What yeah, does that it does. mean? It means that, you know, the there's an abdominal there's an abdominal weight gain that mm-hmm. um, I see, you know, a lot of women tell me yes. that they're holding weight in their abdomen that they didn't. Now, part of that, you know, the the, the wants to part is that there is some benefit in that that fat, you know, produces most of the hormones, that fat is metabolically active, meaning that we see more hormones being produced by that fat, like estrogen, than okay. the abdominal than, fat, than, than fat on the legs. Exactly. So that fat is unhealthy. That you've heard of the apple and the right. pear. If it gets because it's such active fat and produces so many hormones, not all of those hormones and tumin, you know, are good. If if there's too much weight gain there, it starts to be a risk factor for right. for heart disease. But a small amount is actually healthy, and women do better carrying a little more weight as they age mm-hmm. um, than if they're if they don't have any fat reserves. Um, they tend to have less illness and recover more quickly from illness. Interesting. Yes, I think mm-hmm. that's interesting too. So that we don't hold ourselves to this standard that we should be maintaining our you know weight of age thirty when we're you know sixty. Right. It's not. But it may not even natural... be what the body wants. Exactly. So that's why I, I mm-hmm. sum it up that way. Yeah. Would you say that most of the women who come in um, in that age group, say between 40 and 60, are looking for some kind of way to work with these perimenopausal type symptoms? Or I, I think, um, yes, it's always something that I talk about. I mean, it depends when they're going through these changes. Some women at 60, it's kind of, you know, they're on the history. way beyond it. Um, and definitely women at 40, most women at 40, I would say, are noticing changes in their menstrual cycle, in their body that are hormone-related. Mm-hmm. This one, I think of, you also do gynecological exams. Yes. And so if there's some shifts that happen in a woman's body. We were talking in one yes. of our earlier podcasts about things like vaginal dryness and loss of kind of yes. muscle tension or muscle strength. 
in that region. That tends to be a later menopausal symptom, although not for everyone. Mm-hmm. You don't want to, you know, I've, I've, I've learned through my patients that the effects of that thinning of the vaginal tissue, which also affects the urethra, um, can happen early. I've had some patients early in menopause suffer from chronic urinary tract infections with mm-hmm. the underlying cause of estrogen deficiency due to menopause. But that's not the typical. Typically, um, it's not until you know five years after menopause, just as mm-hmm. to throw a number out, that you would see more of the um, the real the tissue effects of because estrogen stimulates and maintains the the thickness mm-hmm. of the skin, especially in the um, vaginal tissue. Mm-hmm. That um, it takes time for that to come to the point where it's going to cause um, symptoms like dyspareunia, which is pain with intercourse, or mm-hmm. um, urinary tract infections, which don't show up in mature women the same way they do when women are young. At 20, it's usually a fulminant. They know they've got an infection. Right. You have to screen women um, over 50, especially over 60. You have to screen them. You have to just collect their urine and check it because they can carry bacteria and blood in their urine without symptoms. Oh, Wow. Is, oh, and, yes. and the causative factor of that is that drop in estrogen yes. and the fats of the body, the, specifically the abdominal fats you're saying would produce estrogen, but they're not making enough. Right. Not making the right. right. It's not just for... because they might not have enough. I mean, mm-hmm. it, I will say, yes, women who are heavier do make more estrogen and I think they mm-hmm. do have less of that issue. Now, yeah. I, oh, I, I interesting. Do think that's true. I think women who are, are thinner have less estrogen and, and have more of that um, overall. And I think, you know, for anyone, because there's also just, it just happens. You can't predict who and why exactly. But I think for anybody, it is very safe and effective to use some who are having chronic UTIs in there. You know, they go conventional care. They're on antibiotics all the time. Mm-hmm. So to use a little vaginal estriol, we use a um, very healthy type of plant-based estrogen. Mm-hmm. And a woman can just apply that twice a week. Oh. to her vaginal lining. It's not considered hormone therapy in that you're not going to pick it up in the blood. And it's very safe for women, kind of consensus across the board on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, yeah, she just applies it twice a week, but it's enough for the local effect. I was just saying, it's got like spot it's cleaning a, in your house. It is. It's, <laughs> it's a, like the... been 50 years women have been doing it, and it's a, a, it's a miraculous thing. I think it's a very healthy thing. Mm-hmm. Good. for women to do for their body. And that would really impact like the vaginal thinning and the healthy urethra. And... It does. And the whole pelvis, I've seen women with pelvic pain that is due to thinning in the ligaments that helps mm. suspend the uterus because over time it can affect the, the female pelvic organs, really. You mm-hmm. know, it goes deeper. So, I mean, I had one case where she was having what you would have thought was pain in her colon or digestive. but And it was ligamentous. But estri- the vaginal estriol it re- resolves it. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Are there any kinds of questions that you get asked most often by women in this age group? Um, well, that's kind of the you know the the, the list of issues that, that women are dealing with. Um, you know, I, we we see low libido. I, I see a lot of women for hair loss, um, fatigue, anxiety, depression. Um, those are those are the main concerns. Just to, to finish that, um, in terms of questions, you know, to bridge back. Also, I, I definitely address the hormone issue, and there are a lot of questions uh, around that. 
I'll, t- I'll, I'll just kind of get into it in, the, in an overall that um, women have been through their doctors afraid of doing any kind of hormone therapy basically since the Women's Health Initiative came out in 2001, which showed a 100% increased risk of breast cancer and heart disease from doing Provera. Mm-hmm. That is a synthetic progesterone. It is molecularly different from the body's own progesterone, and then it was combined with Premarin. Mm -hmm. Interestingly, the Premarin-only arm did not show any of those risks. So um, I I think women, you know, come to see me because they've heard there's an alternative to that that, you know, can help with some of these age-related concerns, and that's bioidentical Mm -hmm. hormone therapy. Right. Which is using... Exactly what it sounds like. It's using the same hormone form that we have um, in our own body. Mm-hmm. And it, it does come from yams or soy. And it is altered to be ex- bioidentical or, or human. Mm-hmm. And it's not found to be cancer-causing. It is it's not That's what it's, that's going to be my next question was, what's the end yes. result with that? Are they seeing better yes. They're long-term seeing usage? What they had Safer expected and hoped to see with the conventional hormones, which is... It's very good for the heart and reduces heart disease risk. Mm-hmm. So we're finally seeing it because there have been enough studies now in the past how many, 15 years, many from Europe, which is the standard of care is bioidentical there. So many of our studies have, have shown have where we feel comfortable enough at this point to say, gosh, you know, this really doesn't carry the um, cancer-causing risk of conventional hormones, and yet it does have the heart effect you know, which reduces, is very good for the heart, helps maintain tissue in the heart and reduces heart disease in women, which mm-hmm. is really more of a cause of death than breast cancer. Right. Uh, for women yeah, anyway. Much more common. So, so yeah, there's certain things that you really want to um, look at, whether you're you know, certain, based on your disease, um, mm-hmm. your um, risk, you know, and mm-hmm. um, there's a conversation to have that's important when yeah. you're 50 about that. Would there be, there's a little word you slipped in at the beginning of yeah. that, that I hear, that I hear a lot from women is low libido. Oh, would low this, libido. Would yes. this also be something that would help with that? Or would you well, recommend other things that they could do? It really depends. Um, I always do a hormone screening test um, of one kind or another. There's different ways to test it and part of it's the picture. But yes, definitely low testosterone. Um, we call it the oomph factor. Um, mm-hmm. Has to do with libido and drive and... Um, can impact orgasm as well. So you want to catch that if someone's hormone deficient. Really, in testosterone or estrogen, um, that can be a causative factor in low libido. Beyond that, you know, there's a lot of psychology with libido. Um, so, you know, talking to women about their relationship and their own um, sense of what I love, Dr. Christine Northrop, how she writes about this, the female magnetism, mm-hmm. you know. Um, it really starts with us, and then it has to have a connection, too. Right. Um, of course, is- issues like we talked about with vaginal dryness are going to be a deterrent. So we, we do want to address it hormonally, and we want to address stress, because stress really impacts libido. And then, you know, beyond hormones, as a naturopathic doctor, there's a lot of things we do. Um, we work with herbs and um, nutrients that help with stress effects, and some of which, actually, in, in some women can... Mm-hmm. boost libido yeah that makes sense we were talking about it on an earlier podcast one of our guests had talked about an herb called maca and yes. as i've been yes. familiar with maca as an adrenal support and yeah. so in the postmenopausal yeah. woman most right. of the testosterone of the dhea is going to come from the adrenals 
And so is it, does that? That's right. Yes. So is that why? Yes, absolutely. That's that's a traditional kind of naturopathic um, approach to menopause is adrenal support Mm -hmm. because the adrenals produce, I mean, they do take over. It's not just the fact that it's the adrenals as well that produce these hormones after menopause. So they really kind of take over from the ovaries. In fact, the adrenals are increasing their hormone production as we age. Oh, wow. Which is why if there's stress and kind of burnout, sleep loss going into menopause, you're going to see more menopausal symptoms because we're just not geared to take over that production of estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone, let alone cortisol and stress response, all from the adrenal gland. So adaptogens like maca... And, you know, um, these are ginsengs, these adaptogens. They're, they're superfoods for the adrenal glands. They, they really help in a very nourishing, revitalizing way, not in a drug-like way, in a health-promoting way mm-hmm. to boost hormone production. Mm-hmm. In fact, I just read a study on Panax ginseng helping with um, vaginal dryness. Wonderful. Yes. Yes. Interesting. You would I would never think of a ginseng having an impact like that, but it's because libido, it raises yeah. the, the yes. adrenal function. I guess so. You know, I'm not. It, it panics mm-hmm. is different than the other adaptogens. It does have a more stimulating effect. In fact, in men, it's it's. Um, well, I think because the studies have been more done in men. You mm-hmm. know, I think it's one yes. of those things. But it has been shown in men to boost libido. Um, like maca has been shown in about, there was a good study that showed 40% of women taking maca had increase in libido. Interesting. And they did not see that in the man in the study. The men's group didn't show that. So I don't know if we want to, you know, you don't want to extrapolate too much on a, on a study, but um, the adaptogens definitely are indicated. And then in my training, we learned about ashwagandha, mm-hmm. which is Indian ginseng, being a um, libido um, it was mm-hmm. introduced as an aphrodisiac, actually, but you know, it's 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 similar. I think it's right. I think that's what it. I think it's by nourishing the Thanks. gland and helping the hormone production that it works. Mm-hmm. Are there other kinds of natural treatments that you find yourself reaching to fairly often for women in this group? Other kinds of natural treatments, either herbs or other kinds the, of preventative we've got the practices. Or... We've got the herbs, the roots, um, nutrients, uh, identifying nutritional deficiencies. We see a lot of B twelve, of course, vitamin D. Mm-hmm. You know, um, our common things I'm, I'm often reaching for the omega-3 you know whether it's fighting mm-hmm. healthy the cleanest fish sardines mm-hmm. probably scallops yeah. if you can you know afford them they're not uh, cheap but they're very uh, clean and high in omegas so we need essential fatty acids I think like a lot of things when you're young your, your body can kind of buffer some of these effects the symptoms don't show up and as we get older we really have to do more work to take care of ourselves or we're not going to feel as well. So mm-hmm. low omegas are going to cause that joint, you know, um, joint pain. Um, there's many healthy women who use a, a quality fish oil supplement to um, reduce inflammation. Mm-hmm. And it's very well shown to reduce inflammation. And the joints is often where that shows up. Mm-hmm. So I'm always trying to find out where are you getting your omegas? Are you eating, you know, flax is another good one. Seeds like uh, nuts, walnuts, you know, or the sardines and, mm-hmm. you know, Pacific cod and salmon are usually good choices for mm-hmm. fish to get omegas. 
So you might recommend women take a look at their diet as oh, they get yes. older and really yes. maybe modify it to make oh, sure they're yes. getting these essential nutrients. That's met. a huge, huge thing. Yeah, that's a mm-hmm. that's a very important part of what, what of lifestyle is 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 diet. It's diet and exercise. Mm-hmm. You know, stress management. Um, exercise is critical, you know, mm-hmm. um, again, it's one of those things like, yeah, you know, you, you might not suffer for it when you're young, but as you get older, if you're not active, you're going to hurt, you yes. know, everyone says mm-hmm. this and it's just true. You know, mm-hmm. when you're active, you feel better. Um, and you have of course less risk of many diseases and then diet, you know, we, so diet generally, you know, we, we want to make sure we're getting good nutrition and we need to hone our portions. We can't eat as much as we get older. Metabolism's not as strong. For some women, and this is part of the abdominal weight, we start to get insulin resistance. Right. That just happens. You know, our, our insulin is not binding to the receptors as well. So mm-hmm. we're not able to metabolize sugars and carbohydrates as well. Right. And, and when that happens, we definitely see the pounds come on. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it happens to everyone, you know, to some point or another. So I think if women are, are struggling with can't lose weight, you know, yes, we want to look at hormones. We need to check the thyroid hormone. Very important because that shifts after menopause. It's another hormonal deficiency. But we can modify the carbohydrate intake and mm-hmm. keep it to the morning. Like your oatmeal is good. You know, um, some whole grains are great. I, I really advocate a Mediterranean style diet rather than a ketogenic diet for any kind of long term diet. Um, but, you know, getting into carbohydrates later in the evening does tend to go to the abdominal weight. That makes a lot of sense. So what I hear you saying is that the diet's important and then exercise. So are there minimal levels of exercise you might recommend for women or good exercises? There's optimal levels and there's there's Mm -hmm. minimal levels. I think optimally is an hour a day for everybody, you Mm -hmm. know. Um, Minimal levels, I think, you know, minimal two times a week I mean that's pretty minimal you know but sometimes that's reality for some of us sometimes um three times a week would be a healthy minimum of getting you know minimum 30 minutes a Mm -hmm. day but even doing three times a week 30 minutes of exercise shows dramatic improvement um in things all the way from skin health to Mm -hmm. bone health to mood to Mm-hmm. Wait, so we just need to remind our bodies that we, we, we need them and we need it to, uh, the, yeah. the, the brain to, you know, maintain muscle and bone density. Yeah, that's the thing. And that's, it's mm-hmm. what I think is really important. And it's something you have mentioned a number of times that our activities are going to have a positive impact, not just on our weight, but on the strength and health of the tissues and on the balance of the hormones. Yes. And maybe so we touch a little bit on this about the yeah. anxiety and the stress. Oh, yes. You know, well, you have an impact on the mind. More than weight for exercise, it's shown to be a mood. A mood it has the best benefit for, and the most immediate benefit for mood. Mm-hmm. Um, so for anxiety and stress, the exercise burns off the cortisol, um, you know, your, your circulation improves to where your liver is able to clear these mm-hmm. hormones, like the stress hormones that kind right. of can stagnate in the blood, literally, you know. Um, and so it's just you're pumping them <laughs> through your liver, your filter more, you're filtering those out of your body. Right. Boy, you can really feel it, you know. Mm-hmm. You can feel immediately, especially I think, I think outside. You right. Know? I think getting outside, I think when we're indoors and in our heads, you know, the worlds can kind of close in on you, you know, and you go outside and you go for a walk and get the circulation and you kind of behold the, the, the bigger world and you, everything right. is just kind of all of your issues kind of minimize, 
then you can deal with them better. So, and that's a whole other thing that the power of nature and being outside is profound. There's all kinds of studies going on confirming what common sense would tell us, you know? Right. Well, I think too, it's, I find myself, I go out for walks in the morning and just being a part of it and smelling the fall air as yeah. opposed to, or, oh, I, I came in the other day, I said, it's yeah. going to rain today. And it was like, well, I don't know. And it poured. It's like, I knew yeah. it. The, the world yeah. told me. Oh, you, you know, smelled having, it. I smelled it. It yes. just, it's, having that relationship, it, I think yes. outdoors makes it a big difference. You feel better yes. in yourself. Yes. And one other thing you said just now when you were talking was about what the effect it would have on the cortisol levels. Yes. And that's going to support sleep if I can clear that's that excess right. cortisol out. That is right. Yes. That's, I, I, I know, you know, it's one of the main things that's recommended for sleep is mm-hmm. getting exercise. Sleep is tricky, though, as you know. You know, I have people who are doing everything right, you know, and exercising and still have sleep problems, mm-hmm. you know. So another thing with sleep, you know, especially as we age is, you know, we have to kind of depathologize some of it that, you know, sleeping for an eight hour chunk is not necessarily normal, you know, as we get older that really like many women as they get older will sleep for four to five to six hours and will be awake in the night. The key is what's going on in their schedule in life. And, you know, this can happen physically. Um, to the, the second sleep is important. And if that doesn't happen, they're really going to suffer. So, so I have one uh, woman who calls it her wise woman hour, you know, I like that. Yeah. So I think with sleep, you kind of have, you have to have, um, ideally, you know, I'm not to have a a trust and a faith that you'll sleep when you're tired to, to, to kind of get out of this, the anxiety of sleep loss of what is wrong with me. It makes it so much worse, you know? But to find things, you know, to I love natural medicines like L-theanine and magnesium and some of the adaptogens that help with the anxiety piece. And I think if we can get out of a stress response, you know, we're much more likely to fall back asleep even if we wake up. Mm-hmm. There's very little you're going to take that's just going to keep you asleep for eight hours. This yes. is not how it works. Yeah. Well, and I also think, too, if you take something that's going to make you sleep for eight yes. hours, you it's don't not... necessarily get a good night's sleep. No. You're, you're... It's not a hell. Well, if you... I mean, mostly those are very strong herbs or medications. Right. You, you know? wake up groggy <laughs> yes. and it's like, oh. And it's not good for your brain. Right. You know, so you don't want to do that. You know, yeah. I, I'm all about a healthy lifestyle, replacing deficiencies, counseling, you right. know, dealing with anxiety and stress and using things that help work with the body. And that might have some mild sedative effects when needed, you know. Mm-hmm. But, um, and you know, hey, there's even a place sometimes for some, if, if someone's really suffering, there's definitely, you know, you, sometimes you need to break the cycle with something stronger, you know. But um, that's that should be kind of reserved for the extreme. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much. We've, we've run out of time no. and I, have, I still have all these oh, questions left. Yes, Okay. So I guess what I'd like to close with is ask, if you were speaking to someone from the Sage Group, is there any um, one thing you'd want them to know? Maybe oh. there's maybe that's just okay. too big well, a question. When, yes, I feel like when women, the, it, it, when we're talking about, let's just say with about um, menopause and hormone health, check in and find out, get information from a doctor who's knowledgeable about bioidentical hormones um, when you're 50, because there are ben- there are risk reductions in doing hormone therapy beyond symptom treatment that you cannot recoup at a later age beyond just treating symptoms with hormones there are hold a second is picking that up 
some then. Do you, can, can, okay, oh, can I can fix that. Yeah. Okay, because I can do that piece again. Okay, just start from wherever you think would be comfortable. So why don't you ask the question again? Well, if you yes, or or I'll pick up where you asked the question and you can edit it together. What do you think? Yeah, that's super okay. loud. Yeah, it's picking up a little bit. So let me see if I turn my it's game It's distracted down. me too. It did at least because I was like, oh, should I go shut it? I don't know. I shouldn't move. Okay. So okay. yes, I do want to get that piece in because. Okay. Okay. So. In closing, okay. if you could summarize, is there one thing that you would really want women in this age range to hear? Okay. So one thing in particular is to get, meet with a um, doctor who's knowledgeable about women's health and with natural hormone therapy at 50 or when you're starting to go into menopause so you can find out if, um, so you can get more information and find out about bioidentical hormones. The reason is is that when bioidentical hormones are used for the first five years of hormones of uh, menopause, that there are reductions in risk of bone loss like osteoporosis and dementia, and that you cannot recoup if you go back later. Basically, preventing the um, steeper decline of hormones. Um, we don't see that happen later, and um, there are there are anti-aging benefits of hormones. It's not just for treatment of symptoms. Um, they actually are generally good for you, you know, and it's a conversation you need to have with a knowledgeable practitioner. Well, thank you. Thank you so much again for taking time to sit with me. Sorry that Janae wasn't here, but we'll get, to, maybe we can do this again. We have so many yes. more questions. Well, I really enjoyed it, Mary. It was a lot of fun. It's always um, a pleasure to, to speak with you. Okay. Thanks so much. Thank you.